What's up everyone, welcome to episode 22 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by noise.co.uk. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pugh, and as ever, I am joined by my very good friend and Mr Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Mate, how are you? I'm very well, sir. How about yourself? I'm really good, man. Um, It has been two weeks since we last did this, so it's been a minute, man. It's been a normal schedule for us, but it does feel like it's been longer than that since it's about to be at music, which is strange. I don't know why. Being weird, I guess it's not. It's not outside the realms of possibility for me. If this is the first <laughs> no, time you've yeah. listened to us, this is a fortnightly rock and metal podcast, and you can grab us on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere that you would find a music podcast. If you could leave us a subscription on YouTube, that'd be great, and also on Apple Music. If you get the chance to leave a five-star rating in the comment, that'd be wicked. That gets us that shoots us up the polls. That's really good for us. On the last episode that came out two weeks ago, we had reviews on Corn, Blink One Eight Two, and New Gideon albums, which was a a review fest, and I did an interview with a nuclear blast publicist, Joe Narn, about what it's like to be in the music industry, how he got into it, how someone who wants to get into the industry would get into it. So if you've got any interest in that, uh, go back and listen to that show, episode number 21. Uh, but th- for this week, we're going to go through a little bit of the news, not a lot on the agenda, but there is just one quick thing I wanted to mention to Sam. Uh, we're going to go back to Sam's greatest metal album of all time list. I went to see Rivers of Noel in Birmingham last Sunday, and we'll speak about that. And then album reviews this week come from Baby Metal's Metal Galaxy and the Menzingers with Hello Exile. I, I can already foresee Baby Metal's Metal Galaxy uh, chat being an interesting one with Sam, so at the very least you should be sticking around for that. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it, actually. I have I have some takes. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can imagine they are at least threefold. <laughs> yeah, there's some spicy ones in there as well. So, as we get on to the news, a quick mention for Metallica, who have cancelled their Australian tour with Slipknot. Uh, James Hetfield has been readmitted into rehab uh, as part of um, a drinking problem. Uh, it's not the first time uh, this has happened to a Metallica member, or James. <laughs> um Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what, saying that, has, has any other Metallica member been put in rehab? I don't think they have, have they? Uh, Kirk Hammett went in there briefly. Right, okay. Uh, much less publicised, though, than when James went in for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, he spoke about it on that Some Kind of Monster thing, and that's why he started surfing. Because he quit drinking oh, and then yeah, started surfing. Yeah. Do you remember when he was like, you can't go surfing if you fucked up? Oh, you know what, mate? That, yeah, he did, he did, the, re- he did the rehab and replaced drinking with like waking up in the morning and going to the beach and stuff. So obviously it goes there saying that obviously we wish our we wish our best to James and we are going to go and see SNM two this week, um and we'll be reviewing that on the next episode. I got a bit confused with my dates. So remember on the last episode I said that we'd be reviewing it on this on this episode, but I'm not a very intelligent man and I got my dates completely mixed up. So <laughs> if you were listening to this podcast, think oh great the SNM two review will be on it. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint, it won't, and I can't add up dates correctly. Um, and I'm not a very intelligent man either. I didn't so, you the slightest. So shoot me, alright. <laughs> Obviously, our best go out to, to uh, James and Metallica. Yeah, it's the right decision, isn't it? Uh, he needs to get the help that he needs. Obviously, massive bummer, mate, if you're an Australian now. Because um, yeah, yeah, Metallica and Slipknot well. in a stadium, give me it. Yeah, they'll come back though. Oh yeah, they'll you know come back I mean? and they're, do they're, a show. They won't leave like... those fans hanging. 
No, no, Metallica, in terms of fan servicing, I've never known a band like Metallica. Um, they will come back and they will do a show that will make the punter say, oh my God, this was worth waiting three years for, this was amazing. Um, yeah. They'll play for three and a half hours, also just, just something absurd. Uh, yeah, it's Metallica, yeah. it's because they can. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to uh, wish our best day to James, because that sucks. Um, and uh, it's the right decision, I hope. Um, gets the help he needs, he's out as soon as possible. Yeah. The actual meaty thing on the news, though, that I wanted to get into you with is that... I don't know whether you would have seen this uh, or whether you'd be surprised by this, but I do want to gauge your reaction. Uh, David Lee Roth has claimed that Van Halen is pretty much finished. Now, uh, before I go into depth on the actual story in itself, when I when I say that phrase to you, um, does any, do you feel any kind of emotion towards it or are you just... Is that pretty much what you expected by now? Because you're a big yeah. Van Halen fan, aren't you? Especially yeah, like I, 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 love, I love the band. Yeah, the early stuff I'm a really big fan of. Um, but when was the last time we had a Van Halen album or tour? Well, I mean, well, this is the thing, isn't he? Isn't he just? Isn't he just sort of putting the final verbal nail in a coffin that has long since already been created? And and and, and additionally. Even if it even if it was the fact that he says it is doesn't change my view on it considering he wasn't the last vocalist that was in Van Halen, and also um, when people say things are done in music, I never believe them anyway. Well, so yeah. actually, like radio silence would have been more convincing than him saying that they're done. Um, but the the fact that he said that doesn't doesn't shock me. I mean, there were there were rumours of like Van Halen headlining Download the last couple of years, and there was like rumours of like band members sort of getting together and trying stuff out and then there was like random little projects that had a couple of the band members in and all this sort of stuff and nothing ever really really went anywhere um and that's that's okay that's okay i don't know if you saw this but there was um a long metal hammer piece that was released the last couple of weeks where they were saying um, it was about system, but there were, the general premise was we don't need superstar bands to release the albums this. anymore. I, I did see uh, this. And, 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 and to be honest, like unless unless the band has, has the hunger to release it, we don't. We don't. Um, I, I can if I had never toured, and I mean like, they haven't actually toured in the UK since like the eighties. Um, but if Van Halen ever did that, I would I would go and see them and you know enjoy myself and things like that. But if it if it never happened, I can. Watch Eddie Van Island videos on YouTube and be quite content. It's not, I don't know. It's 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 not a nece- not necessity for them to continue, but it's not a surprise that they've decided not to either. The reason why this came up is because the basis Michael Anthony said in the summer that there was talks of a Van Halen tour, but the plans got scrapped. So when David Lee Roth was on this radio station promoting his 2020 Las Vegas residency. He was asked it basically if it, if it wound him up that the band didn't bother getting together, and he was, his reply was it's been cancelled a number of times. And I think Van Halen's finished, and this is the next phase. I've inherited the band de facto, whatever that means. Van Halen isn't going to be come back in that fashion that you know. That being said, Eddie Van Halen's got his own story to tell, and it's not mine to tell. So. <laughs> Yeah, from that basic, basically saying like yeah, Eddie, Eddie, said Eddie, let me, <laughs> basically he's saying I'm annoyed that I haven't got as much pull as Eddie has. Um, Eddie will let me know. 
And that, I guess that's it, isn't it? Yeah. I guess that they're not, is they're the not called they're not called Lee Roth, though, are they? They're called <laughs> yeah, Van Halen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and also, if he's if he's fucking in Vegas, what what songs is he singing? Do you think he's doing Dean Martin covers? <laughs> I reckon he's probably singing Jump. Yeah. So he, he should really, you know. Stop complaining, really, when he's still continuing to... Oh, I've inherited the band de facto. No, you haven't. You're leeching off the band to continue your career. And the guy who the band's named after, he's probably already sick of his shit like he was in 1984. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, it just... Uh, all this, all this, all this, all this stuff just seems really nitpicky. Why don't you want to make $3 million? I want to make $3 million. Do you know what I mean? It just seems like that. When was their last tour not in the uk i mean like just tour full stop do you know oh, uh, i'd have to i'd have to research it um uh, but, I, but are we talking like 90s might have been early 2000s it's been a good uh, old while then it has it has been a good old while um yeah i'm i there were the, the the last yeah the last tour they did was oh shit they did 2015 but they did um a north american tour um and they've done a few tours ever since, actually. Oh, my bad. So 2004, 2007, 2008, 2012, and then 2015 was the last one. But then that they, they hadn't toured at that point and since 1998. So they, they, they do take hiatuses yeah. quite quite regularly. And they've never done – they haven't done Europe in ages. Like ages. I mean, if there is going to be one that's rather dies from them, you'd imagine it would need to be soon now, wouldn't you? That band came out in like the seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly, but Eddie Van Halen's got to be sixty four, sixty five, sixty six, maybe even older than that. Um, but um, they're a brilliant band. Like, it's worth it's worth reading David Lee Roth's autobiography about Van Halen because some of the some of the stories about them are, are, are crazy. Like, like loads of products were offered them um, loads of money to sponsor various items and David Lee Roth refused to have Van Halen sponsor ev- anything but Levi jeans and Marlboro cigarettes because those oh, were the right. two things he, those were the two things that he wanted Van Halen to Represent. to be representative of yeah um, and nice. loads of other little stories obviously the, the, the broke up and all the all the scandal and controversy because I think it was I think David Lee Roth slept with the band uh, the drummer's missus and yeah right. so uh, right yeah, like proper like 80s, just turgid sort of stuff. Um, and also Van Halen turning down a 1% offer of being on, uh, getting 1% from Beat It, which has got to be the worst financial decision anyone's ever made. Yeah, surely. Uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with never hearing another Van Halen album. I'm okay with never seeing them, seeing them live. I mean, we saw Def, we saw Def Leppard at, at, at download. Does anyone need that? Oh my god, no! I, I, could, I, could just Van Halen live in my memory? Fuck me, man! I did not need that Def Leppard show at download. Do you know? Do we? Do we need? Do we need? Do we need? Do we need Kiss next year? Do we need sixty-eight-year-old Gene Simmons with blood pouring out of his mouth in front of eighty thousand people? Do we need that? Really? They've done that. Now they've got their own fans that follow them around everywhere. Can't you just do that shit for those people? You know those yeah. weirdos. Paint their own faces for the shows and stuff. Don't make me open Pandora's box and go another seven. No, I mean, I would, I would, we'll, we'll be here for another three hours, wouldn't we? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So, but I know the books, the books closed, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. 
So moving on, Sam, to your greatest metal album of all time. This, I'm, yes. glad, we're, I'm glad we're getting to go back to this. It's been uh, it's been a while that we that we since we spoke about it because obviously last week's last episode we couldn't possibly fit it in. It would have just no, been an absurdly no, long no. episode. It would have been. So where are we now? Uh, we're at number forty-two, going up towards number thirty-nine. I will give you the entirety of the reign for this one. Thank you, thank you very much, thank you very much. Um, we're going to start with Dio's Holy Diver album. Um, came out in 1980, um, which is, by the way, one of the great years for metal. 1980, you got British Steel back in black. Um, Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne was part of their um, was was on that as well. Um, the good next album that I'm reviewing after this came out during this period of time as well. It was just a a brilliant like sort of hotbed of heavy metal music. Um, but Holy Diver from Dio is one of the great heavy metal albums of the last 25, 30 years. It's riffy, powerful, the solos are great. It's got the title track itself, a song called Rainbows in the Dark on there. And it's just a confirmation of Dio's like power as a vocalist. And the guitar the guitar riffs here are just absolutely wonderful. Um this is probably this is the album that really cemented his position, I think, as a rock god, really. Um if you consider a five-year period between 1976 when he did Rainbow Rising, which is on this list as well, which is a terrific album. He did this, Holy Diver, and he did Heaven and Hell with Sabbath, which is also on this list. Um, there's like a, That's like three of the top 40 uh, heavy metal albums over the course of four or five years. Just absolutely brilliant. Um, just really, really, really great heavy metal album. Um, in at 41, we've got Motorhead Ace of Spades. Ah, uh, awesome. This has to be there. Yeah. Um, it's it's Motorhead's greatest album. And despite the fact that Lenny protests or had protested so often that Motorhead aren't a heavy metal band, this is a heavy metal album. Um, it's it's speedy, boarded on thrash metal at times, especially the title track here. Um, punctuated with like incredible guitar solos and um, just, just a really rattling, chaotic drum beat from... Um, from 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 the from the guys playing here, and then obviously Lenny's like, just he's got he's got a perfect voice for hard rock. Had Lenny yeah, had, yeah, like just just enough melody and enough blues to really carry a song. But there's that that deep guttural um, growl that he was able to put over. It's just instantly iconic, and you know that the title the title track here is one of the all time great heavy metal songs. Um. The next one for me at 40, and one of my personal favourite albums ever. If, if it was, if this was my favourite heavy metal album list, this would be like top 15, um, which is Rush, Moving Pictures. You love uh, this band, yeah. I love, the, I love this band, and this, this album is incredible, like incredible. If you talk about the, the fact that this album came out in, in 1981 and the level of musicianship and the stuff that this started, you don't have this album, you don't have like prog metal at all no i don't mean that like you, you don't you don't have this album of like um like tom sawyer and yyz and limelight then you don't you don't get like some of the some of the songs here and some of the complexities and stuff um there are instrumentals that you could sing along to and 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 just the the, the rhythms and the changes and this is one of the great all-time great rock drumming performances ever um from neil Peart. On, on this on this album it's just honestly it's superb from start to finish the songwriting the skill the musicianship the melodies um the guitar work just everything perfectly laces together in just this this 
just beautiful kaleidoscope of songwriting. And it's one of the all-time great albums I've ever heard. I think it's absolutely tremendous. And finally, um, on this list today, uh, Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell, uh, their first album after sacking Ozzy, um, and featuring, obviously, uh, Ronnie James Dio, um, who graced us with one of the great rock vocal performances on the title track here, Heaven and Hell, uh, which is just one of the all-time great Sabbath songs and riffs and titles and... It's just it's just a massive monolithic heavy metal song um, that features like just some brilliant guitar playing, some classical guitar at the end. It's it's one of, in my opinion, probably Sabbath's last great album. Um, really coming out at the back end, um, back end of their careers really before they started to sort of slip into the eighties, where a lot of the seventies metal bands just sort of disappeared for a bit really. But as a a powerful vocal performance. There's, this is this is just as influential, just as impactful, and just as impressive considering they lost what was considered the talisman of the band, Ozzy Osbourne. For them to come back here was like, with these riffs and some of these songs on here was just incredibly impressive. And that rounds us off at number thirty-nine. So that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna take a pause. And now we're in the thirties. We are getting close to that top twenty, ain't we? Yes, we are. We're actually um, eight away from ending the if it wasn't for blank metal wouldn't be blank category and starting our generation of defining albums that goes from 30 um 30 33 sorry to to our favorite top 20 so just to let people know again once we get to the top 20 we'll be doing specific segments of each episode on that album so the top 20 will have their own specific segments and then the top 10 We'll have their own specific episodes. So when we do top 10, that's when we'll probably spend like an hour on each album talking about um, history of the album, why we look, what, why, it's, why it's brilliant, why it's uh, historic, all that kind of stuff. The only, one, the only one that obviously we wouldn't do would be Slipknot self-titled album uh, because we did a, specific, a whole episode on that for that album's anniversary a few a few months ago now, which feels like a really long time ago, doesn't it? It, it, it really does, actually. And when and, you said that we'd done 22 episodes as well, it's like crazy to think about. And speaking of which, uh, do go back and listen to that episode if you've got any interest, because me and Sam really, really went into depth on the creation of the album, how it was produced, how the band came together, what our first thoughts of when we heard was when we, we heard Slipknot, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, go back and check that episode out. I think it was episode... 14 maybe um yeah that was one of my favorite ones that we've done actually so i went to see rivers of nile sam yes you did how was that on, on sunday mate it was really really brilliant they are yeah they are amazing live i, I do you know what mate i been, we've been going to we've gone to so many metal shows. I've seen we've seen so many metal bands, and you know what? I've got to say they gave me something that I've never seen before. Uh, the saxophonist that they took on tour with them for this tour, mate. Seeing him come on stage and do his segments while he's got this technical death metal surrounding him was really really amazing. And I'm not really into prog bands. I like, I like full stop. Prog's just not something that I enjoy particularly. But that Where Else Know My Name album, which they, but they, which they played in full here, 
was is just a really fantastic, like musically precise, like to a pinpoint album. I think it's really, really great, mate. And what I, I think what I loved more than anything else is that how much fun the crowd had with it. Yeah, like there was inflatable, okay. there was inflatable saxophones. Like being being held up <laughs> all throughout the crowd every time the saxophonist came on, every, you know people were like laughing along, people were like air playing the sax, um, and it was like I've never seen that kind of like euphoric response at a metal show. Usually it's all about like angst and sweat and throwing your beer over aggression, mosh pits. This was segments of that and then a complete shoot off into another stratosphere of music um which was such a really interesting dynamic to see uh, their drummer is is a machine he's an android he's the way he was <laughs> the my honestly the way he was playing his double kick pedal he's he's an android he there's no way that he's a human being absolutely unbelievable and the lead guitarist just mind blowing. I know that you couldn't be there, uh, but mate, I really wish you would have been because their lead guitarist and drummer absolutely like out of this world, astonishing. It was it was really really great. I absolutely loved it. They're a band that I think I, I, I can see them probably playing like the fourth stage at Download Twenty Twenty, and I would implore anyone that's got 30 minutes of their day or 35 minutes of their day to go and see them uh, if they play a festival or if they do another tour to just get to just get on it and be a part of it. Even if they don't, even if they don't bring get a live saxophonist because they're really fun anyway. Um, not a whole lot of crowd communication, but I don't think they needed to. The music pretty much speaks for itself. Um, and coming from me, who's not really into prog music, and for me to say, it was... It was definitely one of the best performances I've seen this year. They were amazing. Really, really incredible. And they've made me appreciate a new element of prog that I didn't know I had time for. And I think that they could really champion technical death metal slash prog metal going forward. Um, Really great band. Uh, Unbelievably tight show. Uh, and the, the guy I was with had never listened to them before. And he, he was saying to me, mate, these are like amazing. These are like technical masterclasses. These are, I can't believe this. Really, really brilliant show. Absolutely loved it. Wow. Really wish you'd have been there, man. It sounds incredible, man. That mus- musicianship like that will always translate, though, won't it? You know, in sort of yeah. like those sort of live shows, it's that's what will always come to the fore, and that's just great to hear. The inflatable saxophones was also quite a sight, Sam, I've got to say. These big, scary, leather jacket-wearing, I'd stamp on your head if you bump into me, dudes, that, like, are waving around this inflatable <laughs> saxophone. Uh, it was really wicked, but I absolutely loved it. Fantastic, man. So, Sam, new baby metal album? Yeah, bro. Uh called Metal Galaxy. It is out on the 14th of October. Yes. Um, sorry, it's out on the 11th of October, <laughs> um, but it's got 14 songs on. Sorry, that's where I got the uh, the two numbers mixed up there. Okay, okay. Right, so, Baby Metal is somewhat of a gimmick band, and 
Yes. We we actually reviewed Metal Resistance, which is the album that came out three years ago. We did it on yeah. our old podcast, and I remember that we didn't actually hate it. We were like, you know what, it's all right, isn't it? This, to be fair, there's some really some riffs, good, some riffs, some good technical elements, some choruses that even though they are a bit mm, out there, you know, you can get along with the melody. Yeah. So, with that, we'll preface this review with: Do you hate the idea of baby metal? I don't hate the idea of them. Um, it's nice that dudes who are into anime also have something to listen to on their iPods. <laughs> I, I thought you might go there. So, I have actually seen Baby Metal. They were at Leeds when I was there. And it was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. They were on the main stage. And I was There's like, some performers, yeah. though. Mate. Like, with the dancing and shit. Mate. Really, really good performance that I saw. And it kind of made me interested in them a little bit. I was like, oh, this is actually like really like interesting. Like, again, it's different. This is, you don't really, you know, you think, again, a metal dance performance, you, you, it's not something that you would come across. Yeah, from three <laughs> Japanese women. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's outside the realms of possibility, really, isn't it? For, uh, for Usually, metal. yeah, definitely. So, when I watched them, I was like, you know what, this is a, like a real interesting, genuine performance that maybe. Maybe they'll be absolutely massive. And it does seem like the steam seems to have dried up a little bit on Baby Metal. Um, yeah. I haven't heard them as as widely mentioned, really, in the last in the last 18 months. Outside of when members have left, which seems to have been quite um quite a regular instance. Regular occurrence, sorry. I, I couldn't tell you the exact members that have left because I don't particularly follow Baby Metal. I yeah. just saw I just saw this album drop for us, and I thought that it would be a decent <laughs> would be a decent expose with you, a decent chat. Indeed. So third album, Metal Galaxy. Do you hate it? I don't hate it, but it's not for me. I'm not the demographic that it's aimed at. No. Um. Some of the I'll start I'll start with the positives. Um. It's really well mixed, well recorded, and well played. Yeah, because there's a lot to do here for the um, producer, for the producer side. Uh, the, the the band are tremendous. Yeah. Um, whether it's whether it's the band members that keep leaving, because I, I could understand that, because I was thinking about it. D Redding wouldn't it playing this for eighteen months, but um, <laughs> it would that it would that wouldn't it? Oh, we're gonna play that one that sounds like a pirate again. Cool. Um, so it's. It's it's well recorded, well mixed. The musicianship is fantastic. There's a couple of guitar solos here that are brilliant. There's a couple yeah. of breakdowns here that are like, you know what? If I heard this in a club, like I was really impressed. I really like the intro, like the opening of the introductory song yeah, where it's sort really of like right. built up with the drum track inside. And I was like, all right, well the, produ- the producers earned his dollar here. Um, but then when the vocals kick in, it, it it takes all of the seriousness completely away. Yeah, it does. It's um, very jarring. It, it retur- It just returns to like this novelty. And what it does is it's like, here's a metal band, and you're like, I'm into this, this is cool. And then the, the, the three vocalists kick in, and it's like, cool, I'm watching Tokyo Drift. And it's like, it, it sounds like like the like weird sort of th- game theme music of bad Sega games, or like background music on Tekken. And it just sounds, it just really upsets the balance of what is quite a decent heavy metal song. There's a song on here. There's two songs that particularly stand out to prove this point. One's Da Da Dance, which I probably remember in words that I've said out loud. And the other one is Papaya. Yeah. And they're both utterly ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but they're, they're both songs where the chorus appears to be 
we found a melody that sounds like it should be on a children's TV show and we're going to sing it a lot so it sticks in the head. And that appears to that appears to be um, the, the the strategy. It, it's it's like it's the it's like if you put the music that Pokemon Stadium on N64 used to play when the Jigglypuffs were dancing around, and then turn that into a metal band. That's what it sounds like. It just sounds like music for children, and and it sucks out. It takes the focus away from the strengths of baby metal as a as a metal band. No one know. This is what makes them them. I get that. So, but while being disparaging to what makes them unique, I also understand by definition it's something that they have to pursue because it is what separates them from everybody else. And also it's a niche that appears to be fairly fairly enjoyed by a few people. Um, well, they're actually, they're actually they're massive in Japan. Uh, yeah, oh, that, that, that's understandable. They're going on the first ever US arena, the arena tour. So they've, um, they've, 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 they've found they've found a product because like like because it's the same thing we like like Japanese based entertainment there's a market for it there is yeah and and the music and and you put the music with all the other stuff like stuff like stuff that Japanese culture has permeated through so you go from the games to the TV shows and like even other things like Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh and, and like Japanese based entertainment has permeated our society it's it's rung a bell. Um, but I just think musically for me, I like I like my metal that sounds like this. I don't I, I like metal that sounds like this. I think I think if you'd have put um, a, a, a vocalist on this, this is this is heavier than than a lot of the albums I listen to. I mean, like like the, the riffs here are harder than the Last Kills, which engage album. Um, there's, an, there's an argument for that. I I, I, I if Jesse Leach was singing over this, I'd be like, yeah, this new Kills, which album's banging. Like honestly. Like because the, the guitar with the, the guitar work is great and it's beautifully mixed, um, but every every so often, well not every so often, but just every time the vocalist kicks in, it it just takes the focus away from it. And the thing is as well is where I actually got into the album was the last three songs because they sound serious. Starlight and and sh- I think Star Shine is another one of the songs as well where they're actually like I'm not saying we don't do sound disparaging, but they actually sound like real songs, not like weird novelty gimmicks. And that that's where they that's where they translate over into the audience that I'm a part of, but but that being said, they're they're very popular. They're very they're very um um enjoyed. They're enjoyed. They're very popular. They're sort of uh, they've got they've had they've had an impact on their audience, and they're writing music that hits that target demographic. And I'm absolutely perfectly okay with that because there's a thousands of people that will go and see them. But for me, I can't take this seriously. I just can't. I I try to. Like I'm trying to focus on the positives now for the musicianship, but the moment the singing kicks in, it just it just sounds childish. It just it takes you be, out of your cut. It takes you it, out of the zone. It, it does. It does. I can't. I can't. I can't take it seriously because the lyrics are, are obviously I can't understand the lyrics because a lot of them are Japanese, um, but the melodies are very childish. They are like re- really sort of kiddie. Um, off. Um, I think it's it. What's the, the what's the name of the song with um the. The, the the Scandinavian guy, it's like featuring Nord somebody. Um, oh, the one uh, whacking Browden. Uh, yes, I think it's yeah. Al Magine, or something. Yeah, that's like that. that's right. Um, it's the shit that we te- take the piss out of Alastorm for. That is. Oh yeah, they're shite. They are. Yeah, right, right. But it's it's just a slightly Japanese version of that. And then the whole every song has the same drum beat in it. It's like dum 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 dum. Right, and it's 
it's that Latin party beat that makes it sound like it's a Pitbull song. And it, it just... And, it, and and as well, while I'm, while I'm being critical, it's a bit repetitive. Massively um, in areas. Like, I'm just like, oh, you're going to do this again? Oh, you you found one word and you're going to repeat that? And that's the chorus. And I was like, that's the sort of stuff I hate pop music for. So while, it, while it'll be lapped up by its audience, this isn't taking Baby Metal forward. It's just another album for its for its audience. It hasn't it hasn't got a new fan in me, but I don't think that was ever going to happen. But I tried. It's just um, I can't take it seriously, man. I can't. It's too long, isn't it? This. Yeah, and it and it's too long. Yeah. This this felt longer than Tool listed. <laughs> like, but by the by the time I'm at song ten, I was like, fucking hours. Another four I songs. Know. Uh, and the last songs, the thirteenth <coughs> song shines nearly six minutes, and I was like, "Man, this is yeah, a long it's, album." It's <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- <laughs> this album for me is like it's kind of difficult to digest it in areas. I think it, the song is called "In the Name of." It's like a heavy like doom slash death metal song like chucked in the middle of nowhere where like yeah. the girl the girls don't sing. I didn't see that coming at all. And it's got some weird like growling vocalist in the back. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, yeah. Sounds like Godzilla's doing the backup vocals. <laughs> so I, I was like, what's going on here? Like, I, I, I suppose I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it. And that, that's kind of that's kind of like my review of the album. What's going on here? I don't hate it though. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know what, Baby Metal are a fantastic gateway band for. But you know, Jay and K-pop are both absolutely massive. Uh, they're loved by a lot of people, and my God, have mercy on their souls. Um, but the 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 Baby Metal can make that bridge of appealing to that huge fan base. As well as bringing in perhaps a few people from metal. Well, not few people, several people from metal because of um, the instrumentation. So they've kind of got it worked out. But what what I fear for Baby Metal is that basically me and you were saying, yeah, it's not for me and it's all right, isn't it? But Baby Metal don't really need that. They, they don't need to be a 5 out of 10 band. Baby Metal needs to either get your hatred or your adoration because... Being the band that are just all right that you don't care either way about yeah. it oh, is worse thing. than is worse than those two. I, I, I agree there, and I think they're less abrasive than they used to be. Yes, uh, when they when they first came out, it was like really in your face and really yeah. sort of, and I I disliked it. Yeah, inevitably. It, it, it was those it was those two very disparate things. It was hatred or adoration, whereas yeah. now it seems to be like. That they're much more just accepted now, which is great. But the problem with that is that like just being accepted isn't really gonna uh, progress the band forward because people don't yeah. really care either way, and that's probably the worst area to fall into. Maybe it's just us. Maybe there are massive sections of uh, the metal community or the K and J pop community that would absolutely fall out head over heels for this. But I just think this is an all right album that's massively long. It's my God, it is it is too long. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I would agree. We've, I've said this about loads of albums as well. Um, I can't remember the last time I said it, but because I've said it so regularly. But if you're a baby metal fan, yeah, is, you'll love this. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if this is what you enjoy, um, then aside from going to the doctors, then you'll 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 need to you'll really you'll really be into this. Like, this is this this fits 
this fits whatever you want. They 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 tick their fan boxes, assuming that their fans have boxes. Like I I can't imagine what the baby metal forums read like. Um, mm. you know what I mean? Like like you know I need I, I need less melody. Can we have less melody? Yeah, um, I'm not interested in finding out what the baby metal forums <laughs> read like, mate. To be honest, like, I don't mean to sound like an arsehole, but it's yeah. just. Do you, want, do you enjoy the Do you enjoy the, the the deep metaphors behind? Uh, do you know what I mean? So I I don't know, but. It's not for, it's not for me, but I think it would be for their fan base. Um, I agree with you that acceptance is halfway to ignorance uh, in music, and this hasn't furthered them. But at, at the same time, it does exactly. It's, it did exactly what I expected it to do. Honestly, it just met my expectations, whatever that means. <laughs> for this band. <laughs> Sam's K and J-pop met, uh, expectations were met by Baby Metal. Wasn't expecting that. Okay, so uh, to close out this week's show, mate, um, the Menzingers' new album, Hello Exile, it's out now. It came out on the Friday as we're going to release this on the Tuesday. Uh, the Menzingers are a band that I was kind of uh, late to the party with. I caught on to them because I just saw someone consistently mentioning how much they love them on Twitter. And then I went and checked out uh, the Menzingers after the Party album, which came out in 2017. I was like, these are brilliant. This is great. These are musical storytellers like I have um, never heard. This is great. And then when I found out that they've got this new album coming out and that um, we were going to be able to access it, I was literally uh, chomping at the bit. I couldn't wait to, to get the, the stream down so we could listen to it. Um, mate... I, I think this album is absolutely brilliant. I, I am head over heels for this album. Um, the, I don't think I've ever heard a band... It's one of the musical storytellers. A lot of bands do that kind of stuff, where they like they can really suck you in into the emotional storytelling. Yeah, Fractal's good at it now. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe, me personally, I've ever come across a band who can do it and strike as strong a chord with me as uh, the Menzingers do, and that's what this album. That's what this album is. This album is a tale of a group of musicians that are turning from turning from their thirties into their forties, um, how they're looking to cope with that, but wrapped in and around this um, push and pull of emotional distress is this punk rock vibe that is just so anthemic in areas and so solemn in others that you listen to this and you can literally question what you can you can literally think so or at least i did i don't actually know whether what, what emotional state i'm in listening to some of these songs there's a song on there called i can't stop drinking which is you know really mellow beautifully uh, crafted song where the, the lyrics are, are so downtrodden, but there's something about how they wrap their songs around their dark subject matter that just makes you so unbelievably invested. And it's the same as uh, London Drugs. London Drugs got a really dark subject matter, but it, there's, there's such an amazing punk rock anthem running through the middle of it that despite this dirge in lyrics, you, you feel upbeat. It, it, it's... You know, it's an ebony and ivory that works absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliantly. Um, th this album is punk rock; it's absolute best. Uh, obviously, 
you will draw similarities with the Gaslight Anthem. That's like one of the that's the, one of the first things that you will think of when you play the Menzingers because the, obviously they are <laughs> very very similar in some areas. But by the same token, they're all, they're also very very much their own. And the the storytelling in this album, crafted in punk rock anthemic music, is, is just astonishing. I, I am so so in love with this album, Sam. I agree. <laughs> uh, I think it's um I think it's marvelous. I think I think you're right to talk about storytelling and the Gaslight Anthem um combination um is apt. I think by extension it's like a very Springsteen esque tales about growing up and tales about growing old and tales about mortality and 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 friendship groups and circles and hopes and dreams and all these things that are immediately recognisable and immediately connected to an audience. Um, I, I think there's something wholly endearing and very wholesome about this album and this band where I feel like rather than... Sometimes I hear bands talk about struggles and I roll my eyes because it feels like they're hyperbolizing normal life or hyperbolizing normal people problems just for the purposes of their art. Um, but I do feel there's like a, a a real genuineness to, a real genuine quality to what Menzigans are doing, a real authenticity to what they're doing. And it blends perfectly with a, a, a sound of the band that is neither too soft nor too heavy, but just allows allows the, the, the lyrics and the messages to be at the forefront. Um, I think this is just really a really well-written, heartfelt album that brings up images of of, of things that every, every person has dealt with from one time or another. And, and it, it sort of brought them together in this, this really, like you say, anthemic... Um, passionate way and there's some some really great songs in here but they're like it feels like they're great stories as songs it's just oh. enchanting isn't it this album yeah it, it's 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 it, it's it's really, it's so easy to be whisked along into it it's like it's like a good book i guess when when you read a, a great story and you you are enraptured with it and you're sort of taken along for the ride um, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this, just as a person listening to a good piece of music. There's nothing heavy here. No. There's not a metal album. There's not a hard rock album. I'm, I was, you know, you're not going to air guitar or air drum along to this, but you're going to just sit and enjoy. It. You just get captured by it, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, this is a, this is like a, it's like a fine wine. This album, it's, it's, it's really, it's really good. It is really good. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to get the credit that it deserves, um, sort of internationally or anything like that. I don't think mu musically it doesn't like break any barriers or borders, and there's nothing in here that um, you've never heard before. But it's 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 produced and, and projected in a way that is as good as anything that does this like I've heard before. This is what Def Havana should still sound like and, and they're, they're down to this is what um, Gaslight Anthem were doing for a while and, and, and those sort of bands 
that really they really strike a chord and there's a real intelligence and depth and um vulnerability to this album that sort of jumps off the jumps off the songs and it's it's so difficult not to be swept along and an album that genuinely brings like a real smile a real warmth when you listen to it and I can't pay, I can't pay a higher compliment to this album than listening to it makes you feel better. Yeah, even though the the subject matter is something that is a concern for literally every single person yeah. on the planet. It's, it's reassuring in the sense that you hear it and you think, oh, well, someone else feels like that. Yeah, because uh, the, these absolutely. are these are these are these are problems that every person has faced in one way or another. Growing up, growing old, making choices, losing friends. Like in one way or another, everyone has dealt with some of these things, and hearing them told in a way that is as as encapsulated as this, I think is is eminently rewarding. This is um, this is one of the most enjoyable reviews I've ever I've ever been able to do. Yeah. It's not like my favorite album of the last two years or anything like that, um, but it, it, it's 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 just been so good to sit down and listen to an album like this. That isn't just like writing imaginary stories about death, disease and war and famine. That he's talking about like human problems and human feelings and human emotions and presenting them in a very human and authentic sort of way. Mate, I, I, I really I really like this. Really, really like this. Mate, how about that chorus on Anna? It's beautiful. Absolutely it's, amazing. It's beautiful. This, this, this album is a series of great choruses and great lines. It's it's beautiful. I I really 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 enjoyed this. This is a it's a notebook type of type of album. It's 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 a quoted type of album. It's it is, I don't know I don't know how to explain it, man. It's it's just there's just something about it. It's just really warm. It's so intelligent as well because the the theme of the album is something that literally I want to say seventy five percent of Menzinger's fan base are going to be going through. Yeah, it's it's immediately relatable, and even though some of the stuff it's talking about isn't some isn't really themes that I have experienced yet, I, I still feel part of the ride. I still feel like I'm part of the experience, and I'm caught up in the tale that they're trying to describe to me, and that these songs are just chapters in the book. Um, I'm just encapsulating this album is there's. You know, you feel you feel like you're literally in the eighties when you listen to this. And I mean that in, in as the most comp as the biggest compliment I possibly can. Like eighties eighties Brian Adams like rock music, um that that was just um, you know, ways of ways of musicians that were dropping in like themes and stories into their music that you hadn't really come across before. And this band have managed to produce an album here in Hello Exile, which more than anything else, it's a terrific punk rock album. It, you know, even if you were to go into this album and you're not interested in themes and lyricism and interesting concepts, you're just looking for good punk rock, you'll find it here. Even in the, even in the songs we haven't uh, really mentioned, like um, there's a couple of songs on here that just, they'll just sit there as really strong, punching punk rock bangers like. But then when if you do manage to get caught up in the whirlwind of themes that they're throwing you away you'll find an album here that you could just listen to on repeat for the longest time um man this this album 
it's for for me it's as you would have as you would have been able to notice it's really struck a chord with me and i think that's what the men that's the kind of band that the menzingers are you'll either like them or be absolutely head over heels with them because they'll really strike a chord with you and they've absolutely done it for me here um massively beyond in love with this album hello exile it's out now so, mate, uh, that is it for another episode of the Noise Podcast. It, one of our shorter ones, I've got to say, actually. I'm surprised by this. Indeed. <laughs> um, what we got for you in two weeks' time? Um, so, in two weeks, we are going to be reviewing the new album from Fit for an Autopsy. And I will find whatever else is coming out in and around that time. And I'll chuck that in as well. Remember to give us a subscription and a like on YouTube. And if you can comment and leave a five-star rating on iTunes, that would be... Um, Apple Music, sorry. That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, dude, I'll will speak to you in two weeks. Are you looking forward to the Fit for an Autopsy album? I am, actually. I think it's going to um, blow my absolute tits off, mate. Yeah, it could be a little firecracker, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We're going to be back in two weeks. We love you. Bye.